0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of Starting a Counseling Practice Podcast. I am absolutely delighted today to have Karen Van Acker here with us. We have a Karen um, here on the podcast, and Karen's been trending um, in many, many ways. So we'll be talking about that. <laughs> do you want to let people know um where you're located and your um where they can like your website as we get started sure
1: so i'm karen van ecker and um i'm a licensed professional counselor i work in salem oregon but i am mostly i'm just a teletherapist now i don't do any office work and uh i have been a therapist trauma therapist for about a little over 14 years and so that's sort of the work that i do but um yeah, it's all teletherapy now. I don't have an office anymore. Thank you.
0: <laughs> awesome. Why did you decide to become a therapist?
1: Oh, my gosh. So, I... I, I
0: oh Wow, that's such a huge... <laughs> I know. <laughs> in, yes. like a, in like the one-minute Cliff Notes version, Why why were you drawn to this field?
1: So, I've always been sort of a helper person. I've always been somebody who... Um, from the time I was a little girl, I, people would just tell me stuff, like just things that they wouldn't tell anybody else. My grandmother used to say, Karen, you can know more about a person in five minutes than I could in 20 years, and, I don't, and you don't do anything. You're just, people are just naturally drawn to do that. And I had, you know, we all have life. We live life. And so I came to this late in life. It's my second career. And um, yeah, I don't do cliff notes, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I felt like I wanted to help people because there were things that I had gone through in my life that there were not any, there wasn't anybody there to, to help me with what I was going through. And so I made the decision to learn how to do that. And that's what I did. And that's why I'm a therapist.
0: That is awesome. So I know that like coming to this as a second career, it kind of gives you a different perspective. Yes. Very much. <laughs> Very much um when did you when and why did you decide to go into private practice in particular I think
1: I always planned on being in private practice I'm an entrepreneur by nature Um, Mm -hmm. my parents were entrepreneurs and so I I knew that there were things that we had to do and I tried to fit inside all those little boxes and I just don't (laughs) it's always been the plan always been the plan
0: Fantastic. (laughs) So um, what year did you start your private practice and what was that first year like?
1: The first year that I started my private practice was 2008 and it was super scary because I didn't, I wasn't licensed yet. I was just out of school and I, I had a small clientele, but you know how you do that thing where, well, I'll get more people if I only charge $20, Clearly doesn't not work. It actually works against you, and so that was crazy. And and uh, yeah, that was sort of. I started in two thousand eight, right out of graduate school. In fact, I graduated on Friday, and I opened my office on Monday. I had my first clients on Monday. Like it was that quick.
0: You were like, I no know idea. what I want. This is the plan. And you're and like and from one perspective, you're like, and I got clients on Monday. This is awesome but financially not so much.
1: Oh, it was crazy. It was so dumb. It's like
0: I had no idea.
1: Like I hadn't looked into anything. Like all I knew was I needed a whole ton of hours to get my license and I was going to do it however I could as fast as I could. And okay. that is not a good way to go about it.
0: <laughs> what do you think your income was from your private practice in that first year? Like like oh, drop it. Like really? Like really? <laughs> If you feel comfortable, sharing,
1: I don't even think I made any money that first year. Like the first year was like, lit. I did most of my, we have to get 2,400 hours in Oregon to get our, or we used to, I don't know what it is now, but anyway. To, and I think I did like 90% of that for free.
0: Wow.
1: Like seriously, it was so scary. And I just, but I just figured, you know, you do what you do and you get where you got to go and you yeah. you just plow through. Not. How did
0: you support yourself financially during that first year?
1: Uh, well, my son was still at home, so I had some child support. And I we lived very frugally and always had. I have a disabled child. And so we just lived very small. I just, that's what we did. And I just figured I'd, you know, the, the stuff you hear, at least the stuff I would hear, was, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do your time. You got to, you know, get through the process. You know, you gotta you got to pay your dues, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was willing, whatever, you know.
0: Like, yeah that's all right. Okay, so how how many years of paying your dues did you do oh my before god you got your finances and started feeling like you had your practice like really under control oh
1: I didn't have it under control or feel like I had it under control until I started boot camp that's mm-hmm. real like I just can't Trying to figure stuff out and trying to learn things and trying to, you know, just it's kind of wonky, you know. If you don't know all the stuff and the things, you think you get this part handled, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't even know that thing existed. And so it's kind of this, and that's why I don't know how I found you guys, it was purely an accident, but I found mm-hmm. boot camp in 2017 and I was like, I have to sign up with these people. <laughs> like, And I talked to you on the phone where you did like, I don't know, was you call it a clarity call or whatever, but you said, You're seeing 30 clients that are trauma patients. You shouldn't be seeing more than 14. That's crazy. You're gonna burn out. And I'm like, I'm thinking, how am I gonna survive? (laughs) Like, what what do you mean? Like, I know I couldn't I couldn't even fathom and I'm like, what? But but that has that was true. Mm. In fact, 14 is probably too much, but, but that was true. And, and through the process of going through boot camp, I, my life is completely different the way that I do my work. And I made a huge mistake. I went back to taking insurance. That was dumb. But, mm. uh, and then I got nabbed again. I don't know how much you want me to talk about that, but, um, but right now my practice is where I need it to be. And, um, and I'm, Totally private pay, and it's the amount of clients that I need to see, and my life makes better sense. But there's been a ton of stuff that has changed just a ton, and I'm so much more at
0: peace. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned that you do telehealth only. Um, mm-hmm. Was that pre Rona or post Rona? Like, was that <laughs> something that was already? had already happened with that part of the plan that got
1: like
0: you know fast forwarded by what's happening in the world like what was the the timeline on the telehealth
1: yeah the telehealth thing was always in the plan ever since I started boot camp um but I uh I got into fear and was dragging my feet and going slow and I'm 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 not a huge fan of change (laughs) I mean I am I mean I know right like (laughs) But what I, what I found was the Rona creeped up, and I actually got really sick at the beginning of March of this year, and they were not testing for coronavirus at that time where I live. And so if you had any symptoms that, that even a little bit looked like it, they banned you from being around other humans forever and told you to go home and lock the door and don't leave until you stop coughing for two weeks. So yeah, I went home, and I just, at that point, it was Rona initiated, and I just... Shut my office down and went home. I was home maybe a week, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going back. <laughs> this is what I was supposed to be doing all along." And I should have listened to boot camp, and that would have been amazing, but I didn't. Mm. But now I have.
0: <laughs> how has the how has both lowering your caseload and um, and moving to telehealth how has that impacted your outcomes
1: with your clients? <sighs> well, it, it hasn't really. Been different. I've had a few clients that um, I'm a really confident person. Like I don't know if that comes across at all, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a trauma therapist. If you're not confident, or I don't feel like if you're not confident, your clients are not going to trust you. And so there were a couple of clients that just at first didn't want to take the leap to telehealth completely. They wanted to like hang on to the office idea, but over time. I just gave them some time and I just did my thing or whatever. And, um, over time they have come back, but we just do things a little differently. They're getting the exact same outcomes they were getting, or maybe even a little better through telehealth because now they feel comfortable in my office. I've always told people, just come in your pajamas. I don't care how you show up here. Bring your lunch. I don't care. Just show up, just be here because I can't help you if you're not here. Well, now they're eating while we're talking, they're having their coffee, they're relaxing in their pajamas, their hair sticking every way. They really can be authentic and be themselves, which means we can do deeper work without threat.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, the outcomes are way better. That, I'm, I'm, that's the most powerful thing to me is that not that we don't shore up our clients, but that you don't have to like, like we can leave them in the place of like being without having to worry about going out into the waiting room and into their car and then getting into this driving mode, like they can move straight from, wow, what was that? And still be in their space and then journal or do some art or just sleep and just kind of like let it sink in. They don't have to. And I think people that are, have experienced trauma are really, I'm really great at it, really great at like <laughs> and compartmentalizing. And mm-hmm. so this idea of like, okay, that was therapy. Okay, now I'm going back to life. And and part of our work as trauma therapists is like integration, right? And so like, what like teletherapy is such a rad way to get some more integration, where it's not just, oh, that happens there, and then I put it in the box, and then I go back to life.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I feel, and it's interesting. Like, there's I have a couple of clients that. That you know, I, you have to allow clients to do what they're going to do, right? Like, and they feel like I'm more included in their life. I have a deeper understanding of, like, their context and their people and that sort of thing, um, because we're in their home, we're in their car, we're with them wherever they are, you know, and and it's more immediate. You don't, they don't have to like be anything different than they are, and it's nice. They love it.
0: How has the, the move from that, your internal expectation of 30 trauma clients a week to like moving down to a different number, how has that impacted you and how has that impacted your clients? Uh, well, I
1: don't think it's impacted my clients necessarily because I just sort of did it, uh, you know, they titrated it out, if you will, <laughs> like, and uh, over time and because I don't, I just didn't take on extras when people got better. Mm -hmm. And so, but for me, I had this huge epiphany that I was having my own trauma, you know, vicarious trauma responses and wasn't even conscious and aware of it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, having a lot less clients in that particular uh, demographic has helped my my body to calm down. It's helped my outlook to be better. I feel more free. It's given me time to develop other business strategies that are feel more light, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh it's just it's been a huge improvement for me. And I wish I would have done it three years ago because it would have been better. But but it happened when it was supposed to and I and I believe in a in all
0: that. So the time. Okay. So tell me about how you are marketing your practice right now in this wonderful online world.
1: Well, you know, honestly, I, uh, I, I've sort of pulled my practice down. I'm not marketing it right now. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of, I have worked for, you know, 14 years with people and I have a trail of people who call me and say, hey, I have this friend, I recommended them to you, blah, 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 or hey, I need to do a check-in with you, can we, you know, mm-hmm. do whatever, and <clears throat> just people are coming, and so I, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just very universe-driven, people show up, I'm there, you know, all that, it's very spiritual, it's just very, I'm a very spiritual person, and so that, I believe that when they need help, they call me, and I'm, you know, and I'm available. That's kind of how well,
0: it works. And um, You know, for for good or for bad, right? All those years of you seeing way too many clients and doing great work with them, even at sometimes the expense of yourself, that was like, that did provide a foundation for a practice.
1: Indeed. Right? Like, that
0: did provide that word of mouth. Here's this. I'm known. I have a good reputation in my area. And I think this is the thing that's so interesting is that so many people feel like they have to do everything to be successful in private practice and that's not true everybody comes in with a different like background and foundation strengths and things that you've already built whether it's just mm-hmm. relationships in your community time in your practice whatever that is you there are things that you already have developed and you get to like look and decide yeah, that's enough. Or like, let me add this in. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to be everywhere. And I think that, no. that's the piece I see so many therapists trying to do everything and not doing a lot of things very well, you know, and just burning themselves out and feeling less than, I, I hate seeing that, you know? Yeah. I know that you're doing something with lives though. Tell me about this other thing that you've been doing that I was like, <laughs> You like alluded to before we got, before we started recording. I'm like, what's happening with going live and doing what? Like, tell me more.
1: Well, I, so I I don't want to be too like, uh, advertising for my other business, but because we're talking about boot camp, but and 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 being, you know, in private practice. Um, one thing I would like to say before I talk about that though is I think the more that I showed up, authentically in my practice Mm -hmm. who I really was and why I was really doing things Mm -hmm. that's when the clients came and that's when the referrals came because people would come in and they're like oh my god you have to work with her she's amazing you know that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff so the right people will show up for you as a therapist when you're your true self we Mm -hmm. hide We don't be ourselves. We don't, I mean, there's a line, of course, we have an ethical line that we have to follow. But the truth is, is that people come to us to have a relationship with somebody so that they can work out stuff they're struggling with. And if we're not available, they're going to feel that. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: we have to show up in the best
0: way that we can. And, that authenticity and vulnerability is so important and we can do that vulnerability in a in a way that is professional in a way that is protective of of us and our our histories and that makes it not about us but of course you know when god bless it like this idea of just sitting back you know and not giving people any room and any safety it's it's a powerful thing to realize yeah. like sometimes our intuition of this is the joke, or this is the response, or this is the thing to share in this moment is exactly what clients need, and it's it's. I've always been fascinated by a client coming in and saying, "You said this thing, that was what was most powerful." And I'm thinking, "What did I say?" Like, I had a, um, I have a client, a, a coaching client, not a therapy client, but a coaching client that was like, "And you told me I'd be better off working at Hooters," and I'm like. <laughs> oh yeah, she's, that's she's like it was absolutely I was like normally what I tell people is Starbucks like that's interesting and she's like it was exactly what I needed to hear it was absolutely true and like that was a turning <laughs> moment for me she was like that was just that was and it, it was that's an intuition thing it was a something that I just you know allowed to come out of me but you know sometimes you just have to allow things to be and come out.
1: Yeah. I get, it's funny. I used to get people all the time. They would come in and they'd start swearing and then they would be apologizing for swearing. I'm like, I'm a trauma therapist. <laughs> I'm pretty much, there's not a whole lot that you can say or tell me that I haven't either said myself or done myself. You know, we're not going to talk about that, but <laughs> <laughs> but it gives them the freedom to be who they are and share. And, and it's true. So when you're open like that, I think the healing flows through you from the universe. And so sometimes stuff will come out of my mouth and I'll be like, who said that? (laughs) But it's so on point that, you know, that it was what needed to happen. So anyway, so the other part of the question was, um, so why am I on lives all the time? So part of my therapy practice um, early on became, I could see that there were people that didn't need therapy. They needed coaching and mm-hmm. so i began to start coaching pretty early on as individual coaching separate from and mm-hmm. since boot camp i have increased that quite a bit because it's not appropriate to do mental health or to you know put that in the mental health therapy it's not it's not appropriate yeah. coaching is a separate kind of a thing and yeah. and we know that like and i i actually have been coaching therapists since graduate school because I had 25 years of sales and management before that. So, but, uh, but I just decided um, with the COVID that I wanted to have a lot less restrictions. I got really, oh, is it okay if I share my insurance story? <laughs> so I made the mistake of getting hooked up with insurance again. And uh, for me, that has always been a really bad thing. Um and I got when I in March when I got sick, I went home and all of a sudden my payers stopped paying me just immediately. And it wasn't because anything changed except for now we had the Rona. And so it took months and months and months for me to get paid and I got so mad and so angry. And you know, being a trauma therapist, we lean into our pain, we lean into our anger to find out what that's telling us and what it told me was you need to do something else this is stupid (laughs) And and so i did and i still i still have i mean i have my private pay clients and that and i work with them and i take referrals and that sort of thing but i started this online coaching practice and it is more um it's more of a group practice and um and It's been a huge stretch. I uh, have been really growing. So whenever you do something new, there's an opportunity to become bigger than you were. And I decided that even though I've been hiding a a lot of stuff that I am for a lot of years, it was time for me to step out of that box and really get out there. And I was so mad when I first started. I wanted to help therapists get out of that insurance game. I was so dang mad. But what's happening (laughs) it's I really wanted to do horrible things, but I didn't. I was a good girl. (laughs) So I created this venue for people who are kind of healers, natural healers Mm -hmm. where they can come and they can learn how to step into that true authentic self and be, and bring that into the online world and learn how to be okay with that and, and monetize it and, you know, so that's what I do. I coach and that's what I do to help people be seen. And I do lives just about every day about the program. And I, and you know, just, I put a lot of stuff out there to help people. That's who I am. And, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. So I have the balance of, I get to do the two things that I love the most. And, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, besides my babies and all that. And it's just like I feel like I get to say whatever I want and I don't have to not know these people at at the end of it. And, you know, we can create this community that's wonderful. And and you guys know because that's what you do. And I love and the model of boot camp was where I got the idea to go, you know, I really love the community because I can jump back into boot camp anytime. It's a lifetime program. I can jump back in, I can see what's new, I can connect with people and mm-hmm. and you know, there's people that are out there now that I'm sort of met in boot camp, if you will, that are that are connected to me still. And that is such a valuable, amazing, and wonderful thing. The support that we get by being around people that are like us is so important. And right now, the only way we can really do that safely is to be in the house and online. So, yeah. 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 Sorry, I went too long. <laughs> oh, no, it's
0: good. it's good. I think that's a piece. It's like when we when we just get really clear in our business, when we get really clear in our own personal life and we create space and room to not just say, well, this is the only only way that I can work or the only way that I can do that. It's just kind of magical. Um, It's a beautiful thing to sit down and really say like, what do I want to do and how can I do it in a way that I'm serving other people, but taking care of me and leaving time for my family and, home and making sure that you know I'm financially taken care of and putting away to retirement and doing the things that like you know are just kind to myself the things I want for my clients giving that to myself mm-hmm. exactly what is your your number one piece of advice that you'd want to give to someone else who is starting a counseling practice Well, I actually just did this. I had a
1: colleague who contacted me and was stepping out of an agency Mm -hmm. and uh, a pretty phenomenal situation. And uh, we just, I just coached her through the process. And I, you know, you really want to, I know that everybody hates the paperwork, but the truth of the matter is the business paperwork is going to be your make or break really know your laws your rules your in your taxes your stuff and everybody's is different within your state it's going to be specific and within your city it's going to be specific so really do the footwork to know what's going on it's lovely to go out there and start helping people but if you're if you end up paying to help people that's not a business <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: I think that's the piece. <laughs> like, and I got this beautiful piece of art and this gorgeous couch you're like so tell me about your business plan have you run the numbers tell me about your informed consent and they're like ooh, I just need a market no you don't no. Honey. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the piece is so fast I mean that that is how we ended up with boot camp was we were helping people with marketing and with websites And then as we're having conversations, we're realizing like, oh, wait, there is like major issues happening because, oh, I'm marketing websites, but I can't get people's schedule on the phone, or they're not coming regularly, or why am I still only making $20,000 a year, but I have a full-time practice, like what's going on? And so we saw that it's all connected. It's all, if you just carve out one piece, um, people end up, struggling and ultimately it impacts the clients and it impacts the therapist and it pulls down this profession as a whole which is just frustrating because what we do is really freaking cool and really powerful it is
1: and i think that that big going through you know you have that on boot camp you have that business um see i don't like them so much i don't even know the name of it (laughs) The, the magical Excel spreadsheet thing. The magical Excel, <laughs> yes, that thing. <laughs> and when you just go through and you plug in the numbers, I mean, that for me was so huge. I remember watching you, um, you were doing an interview with Mallory and uh, just talking about how you guys walked through, you know, really taking a look at what was happening and the changes that that were suggested that she make. And and, and she made those changes and it really just kind of flipped the whole flip the script on her whole thing and and I know she's stepped out and done some bigger things too which is amazing and uh, and for me just watching that those pieces I went in and looked at my stuff and I was like what in the name of all that's going on it happened here <laughs> and you're right you know we we think we have this image that we have this office and it, we have this fancy office and we have this fancy website and we have these fancy business cards and we have this this, you know, we go to these city council meetings or whatever. So people know who we are, you know, we're just going to get all this money and it's going to be great. And it does not work like that. I mean, you yeah. might get a lot of money, but then you're going to be like, if you don't have your taxes figured out and all your other stuff, it's like, whoa.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I think that's the thing is like, when you go from making, you know, $20 an hour and then you're getting a hundred dollar session fee, you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Until you do the math. And you realize, okay. like, oh, actually, I was getting paid more like $60 an hour. And, you know, I had a whole staff that was working with me versus, okay, wait, I have to leave time to do all of these other activities during the week. So I can't do 40 hours of, of hourly. So that hourly amount has to take care of either doing this activity or paying someone else to do it. Like, there's no there's no like way to get around it. You know, it's, it's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. People are like, well, can I? I'm like, no, like (laughs) can I just see 40 clients a week and then like work on the weekends and do all of my business stuff. Is it going to take me more than an hour a week? Yes. It's going to take you more than an hour (laughs) a week to like do your progress notes and like respond to emails and phone calls and do your bookkeeping. Like it's insane. You're running a business like for sure. Yeah, indeed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. And I've actually talked a couple of people out of going into private practice because they were actually making pretty good money when you factor in all the other stuff. And I'm like, they're like, well, you're in private practice and you're not. I'm like, yes, you don't. What you have right now is more than you will make if you right now go and do this thing. And then it, whenever they ask me, I'm like, well, the first thing you want to do is sign up for boot camp. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you to leave where you're at until you go through that program. <laughs> Literally everything is addressed and it's always updated. It's such a good tool. I mean, that is so worth the money. Like I would have paid six times that amount if I would have had any idea at all. But
0: For those of you listening, we've gotten some people who have reviewed our podcast and said, like, this is a veiled, you know, advertisement for boot pod- for camp. It is not. Um, no. I always tell people like, that's not what this is about. It's just conversations. But it does happen that the people that are successful have gone through boot camp. Those are the people that we know and we bring on here and then they rave about boot camp. So sorry about that, but sorry, not sorry. This is,
1: <laughs> this is the reality well, of life. And you know, the thing is, if you find some, if you, if you are willing to do all of the work that it takes upfront to get your business solid business wise, like if you want to go to business school and you want to take all of that stuff, go for it. Because I got to tell you, we don't learn that we just don't learn that in our master's programs. We don't, it's not available. It's not there and it's never going to be because that's not part of that curriculum. So if you're not taking, if you're not co-enrolled in a business program, this is the fastest way to get to where you're going to go. But it's not just know that if you want to go into private practice, it is, it's super fun to have your own business. If you're an entrepreneurial spirit and, It is, but there is a crap ton of work that goes along with that and you need to be prepared to do it and you need to understand that you will sacrifice your life and you will sacrifice your future if you are not careful in what you are doing. So please, please, please get with somebody
0: that knows business and have them help you. Yeah. It's huge. And I think that like, and get to know, get with somebody who knows business and that knows your work. Yeah, I think that is, that is powerful. I think there, there are great. So one of the things that's really cool uh, for those of you that are listening, there's local um, SBDCs, small business development councils, like in all states and all counties, like all across the United States. And there's probably things like that overseas in Canada and the UK. But what I've heard from therapists pretty consistently is that they go to those like, free meetings and free trainings and they get instruction of what to do that doesn't really align with like, their ethical codes or what they're allowed to do. And yeah. so they're spending a lot of time and going like, I still don't know what to do. And this person can't really help me in the way that they could if I was just like opening up, I don't know, a hot dog shop where they're like, oh, here's how you, you know, here are all the steps that you take to go and make sure you can sell food. Like we have a whole course on that. They don't have a whole course on here's how to open up a mental health practice or you know no, nope. it's definitely yeah. a, a different thing that we do and it's important it is I'm so glad that we got to chat today Karen like, thank
1: you for asking me <laughs>
0: of course of course, of course. Um, if you want to let people know again how they can connect in with you uh, what your website address is or your preferred way I know you're not a <laughs> like person so do you have like an insta
1: or a Facebook like I'm on Facebook um and um I'm actually if it's okay I'm the enlightened influencer on Facebook and um if you Google my name Karen Van Acker um I'm like I will come up like a rash all over the
0: internet <laughs> Um, so thank you guys all for listening. If you haven't checked out our free marketing masterclass, um, we have a, f- a four part free ma- marketing masterclass. We have a regular edition then we have a COVID edition of like what to do with the Rona in, in line in case you're thinking, well, that's not going to work for me. It'll work. We promise. Um, and, uh, tons of other things. Just go to zinnyme.com, Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E.com. And um, you will see like a rash, all of our free 10 hours of training (laughs) and all the things to get you started um, well before you have to sign up for our bootcamp. So check it out, um, do the work and um, we'll talk to you soon.